Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. So we're working through this journey that I have experienced, this journey with other people, my friends that Jesus sent to me along the way along the way of becoming the Lord's disciple. And that's kind of the topic of this episode in my journey. But I want to remind you that uh, we, we are people who need each other. We are not meant to travel alone. We need to journey with other people. So I don't know what that means for you, but that means you need to get a coach, a spiritual director, whether you need to be a coach or a spiritual director for someone else, uh, because the people around you quite often help point to what God is doing in your midst. I mean, sometimes you're good at figuring it out, and sometimes you're just not, and you need someone else to point that out to you. And again, along the way, a transformation in your heart and in your life can happen. Um, Certainly, uh, I know I've had one son that said, oh, you need to tell your story, mom. And I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, because, well, I was basically the maid. And I realized, you know, from that Netflix series, that's that's uh, uh, the root of my journey anyway. And I don't think I really cleaned anybody's anything except for one time somebody asked me to clean their windows and they paid me. And I don't think I did that great of a job. But anyway, that's something that uh, I resonated with heavily. And that's a, a piece of the root of my journey with uh, getting to travel with others and travel through, you know, some pretty tough times. And so my one son said, you know, you need to tell your story from there to then a pastor who uh, led four and a half congregations to merge and, and we did a construction project and all those kinds of things. And so I sort of shelved that idea, but uh, it came back. It came back uh, once I sat through that Netflix series. And if you didn't catch any of that, then you're going to have to go back to the backstory series that I'm on right now and go back to part one for that whole rendition. But anyway, in in my last episode, I was talking about uh, receiving gifts uh, from other people that were gifts to me that reminded me that God was with me, reminded me of God's love, reminded me that that God saw even the tiniest little needs in my heart and that other people around me, unbeknownst to them, like I didn't write a list and and pass it out to people around me, but they, uh, they knew, they knew what I needed and they willfully stepped into the mission that God had for them to do. So they were like Jesus. And I just explained this in a discussion group um, I teach for Indiana Wesleyan. And I really enjoy teaching some of the um, early classes for like intro to this or whatever. They're kind of fun where you get to share incarnation. And that's kind of one of those big fancy church words that we, you know, toss around and 
Um, it really means Jesus with skin on. Well, okay, where is Jesus with skin on today? It's the disciples of Jesus Christ who are wholeheartedly following Jesus and listening to the daring call of the Spirit to know to you know say here. I have a coupon for a free ice cream cone. You look like you need some ice cream. You know, here you go. You'd be surprised. Some of the littlest things can have a big impact with other people. So I want to share what happened that Sunday that the pastor gave me the gift, the gift of all gifts here, just about not salvation, but pretty high up, actually. Um, So the pastor that Sunday was preaching about, I don't know, and I hate saying that because... I've been a pastor and I've preached many sermons. So anyhow, um, (laughs) he did get to a place, though, where he asked people to raise their hand. You know, it was one of those close your eyes and don't look around to make other people feel weird. But, um, you know, you had to raise your hand if you wanted to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Now, I got to tell you, I, I was only a couple years into my faith. I had only gone to Bible study, you know couple years, you know, really, I didn't really know what what that meant exactly. I mean, I had Catholic roots, so I kind of knew that was kind of a close grouping behind Jesus. That might have been the extent of what I really understood. I mean, you can understand things theologically, but practically what it looks like in your daily life might be something a little different. And I felt my heart pounding. You know, I'm just sitting there just sitting there. And I felt my heart really pounding out of control, like God was really just urging me. And I do not have cardiac issues, for those of you who might be saying that. But I just sat there and I I just, I felt like I needed to raise my hand. And you know, you're not supposed to volunteer for anything that you don't really know what you're doing, but (laughs) I did. I raised my hand and I really meant it at that moment that I wanted to be uh, a disciple. Now, here's a rant warning, okay, what I'm about to go through, and you'll say, well, this is why the, the podcast is called Krabby Pastor, but I'm, this is your warning, so here I go. All right, in all my many years of going to church, which was a substantial number up until, you know, my call came and I stepped on the other side of, of things and got to see sausage be made, but I, I never had a pastor ask that question, ever of me. And and so this this is what we're doing, people. This is what we're doing. We are supposed to be, I think one author put it, as disciple-making factories. That is what we're <laughs> supposed to be as the church. So I, you know, it kind of boggles my mind that that question isn't asked enough. And I know salvation is critical, but you got to do something with the people after <laughs> after that, after they get baptized, maybe after whatever, you've got to help them understand what the gift is that Jesus gave you in salvation. So you get this gift and it's beautifully wrapped, no doubt. And you have to open the box and see what's inside. What does it mean to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? And I just think sometimes churches get a little off focus, you know, and I'm not saying other elements of the life in a church are not important, but they all do need to tie back to what does it mean to be a disciple? What does it look like to be a disciple? All of that. And there's 
plenty of material on that, and uh, I may get into some of that further in further episodes. But anyway, I, you know, I have to for a moment, and I'll back off of this mini rant here, or major rant, depending on your perspective, to say this, you know, I'm going to try here to look at myself from other people's perspective for a minute. So what would it mean then for the pastor who had seen me really down, who had helped me find a safe place when I needed to go to a safe place uh, with my boys, and who had just occasionally helped me with, you know, I'd be overwhelmed and, and, and he'd say, well, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, how do you, whatever, because I would, I would just be, have a lot on my plate going from a stay-at-home mom with two little boys to have to then figure out how it is that I'm going to be a provider for my family was, it was overwhelming, you know, and I knew I was going to have to do it. I knew I was going to have to, you know, single parent. And I knew I was going to have to, and it all was quite overwhelming. So I did, you know, probably have several conversations with him along the way, but I can't imagine what went through his mind when my hand shot up after he asked that question. I was sitting up in the balcony, which I don't think was a usual spot for me, but I know my hand went up and it stayed up for a long time. And I wondered what now in retrospect, and now having, you know, been on that side of things, being a pastor, what that would have meant to see a congregant that has really struggled, that has come to Christ, that is still really in the midst of struggle. And then you ask the question, who wants to be a disciple? And that person raises their hand. It's pretty crazy kind of stuff. But it's also a big encouragement to other people um, that we don't even understand. It, it functions like this. Sally told me years later that when she would come into my, into my uh, home, which was, you know, the three-bedroom trailer, uh, when she would come in and she would see Bible verses slapped around <laughs> on the walls and, you know, on the refrigerator, in the bathroom, you know, she... She was an important person in my life. She didn't directly lead me to Christ because I was sitting at the kitchen table with my Bible open all by my little lonesome, but, but kind of, sort of she did because she was Jesus to me in many ways. And she reached out to me. She reached out and became a friend. And she saw me struggle. She saw me before I came to Christ. And when I finally did come to Christ and then going to Bible study and just having lots of questions, as you can imagine, I could ask a lot of questions. But I wondered, you know, I know it was an encouragement to her. I know it was an encouragement to that pastor to see that kind of response. And I'm not lauding myself. I'm just trying to put myself in that pastor's spot at the moment to see what what was, you know, what they might have been thinking. And I know that Didi, my uh, roommate, uh, a friendship grew between us. Again, I envied her dedication to doing her morning devotions, like before her feet hit the floor. (laughs) She listened to me struggle a lot, and I listened to her struggle. Uh, Maybe we just helped drag each other through life at that really turbulent and and tough time. So then I, I do, I go back to that pastor, and I think, you know, this is, this is why you go into ministry, isn't it? I mean, I, I've seen, uh, Facebook groups, you know, things they don't teach us in seminary, you know, I mean, 
one story. I don't even know if I've told that yet, but you know, I got to uh, play a role. I think I did share this with you, but in evicting somebody, and I kept thinking, they didn't teach me about this in seminary. <laughs> you know, what you know, what do we do when you see a legitimate? spiritual transaction going on around you and what kind of an encouragement is that especially when you're busy you know seeing how sausage is made on a day-to-day basis you know and I know in uh, when I was pastor at Down River Church one of the uh, graphic designer administrative assistants I had you know she she would just look at me when she saw something like oh my gosh, how did this happen? And this is among church people. And I'd be like, yeah, well, now you've you've seen the underbelly, the seedy underbelly of what goes on. But we all uh, want to rise above that and see legitimate transformation happen in the lives of other people. And I want to tell you then, as, as maybe ministry leaders or just as followers, wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ, I truly, truly believe that helping other people and caring for them, especially when they're in places of struggle, is is critical. You, you've got to step into that. But meanwhile, you know, you have the pastor up front. He's pushing the discipleship button, and he wasn't pushing it for me. I was just kind of you know, along for the ride unexpectedly. I would not have, you know, said that I wanted to surrender my life in a more deep fashion to Jesus. But I also knew that Jesus was helping me on the way out. And frequently that came through what other people were doing around me. So that pastor didn't soft soap anything, but he made the call, the call to be a disciple of Jesus. And I know that in some level, I followed after the spirit of that as a pastor. Every Sunday, I would say, as a disciple of Jesus, this is what it looks like, because that's what we are all called to do and to be and to step into. We are to be the bright lights in the world so that other people can come to the understanding of why we do what we do. And it's it's because of Jesus, and it's because of what Jesus has done for us that we step into these things. So that is my discipleship rant for the moment. I could go on longer, but I won't do that. But I want to, again, encourage you to be that for other people. And if you have influence over other Christians, to encourage them to do the very same thing for the people that God puts in their path on a daily basis. Hey, Thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor. <laughs>